Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Lord God, we submit ourselves to the authority of your holy word, asking that your spirit would open our eyes to see your son Jesus, soften our hearts to hear the good news. Show us Jesus, teach us the gospel, make us your people. For the sake of communicating the goodness and glory of your holy name, we pray. Amen. So Jesus has just healed a man who was born blind, totally blind, couldn't see. And Jesus comes along and puts mud on his eyes and tells him to go wash in the local pool and boom, he can see. Now, (laughs) this was obviously not your normal everyday occurrence in Jerusalem or anywhere. So in the gospel of John, here in chapter nine, everyone has been running around trying to verify the healing and whether it was of God and figure out whether Jesus was legit and and could he perhaps be the Messiah? Everyone's asking all those kinds of big questions. But the Pharisees, who saw themselves as protectors of the pure interpretation of the Jewish scriptures. The Pharisees were watching Jesus especially closely because they believed that the Messiah would come and establish God's kingdom when and only when the people of Israel were holy enough to warrant his coming. This is really important to understand. They believed, the Pharisees believed, that they were called to train the Jewish people how to fulfill the command in Exodus 19.6, to be, to be for God a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They thought they were supposed to accomplish this, that this was their task. So they took up this vision of being a holy nation, and they, they tried to implement the temple purity laws in every Jewish home in order to teach the people to strictly observe all the laws about purity and fasting and tithing and prayer and separating from the pagans so that they could be this kingdom of priests and this holy nation. Then God could establish his kingdom. Then through them, God could finish what he had started, which makes sense, right? Like if you're holy enough, then God can work through you. We think like this all the time, don't we? we when I get to this stage, then I'll start to serve. When I reach that point, then I'll be ready to lead. So the Pharisees believed themselves to be achieving that purity and holiness. And they saw themselves as teaching the people of Israel how to achieve that 
too. Then God would send his son to reign as king and the Israelites would have peace. Their mindset was that personal holiness meant readiness for the coming of the Messiah and God's eternal kingdom of peace. Their personal holiness meant readiness for the coming of the Messiah and God's eternal kingdom of peace. So with that context in mind, their personal holiness as readiness for the coming of the Messiah, jump in starting at John chapter 9, verse 35. This was after everybody running around trying to verify the healing and after the Pharisees had twice interrogated this man born blind that Jesus had healed. John 9, verse 35, says Jesus heard that they had cast him out, meaning he had heard that the Pharisees had kicked this man born blind out of the synagogue because they didn't like his answers. So having heard that, and then it says, having found him, because apparently Jesus was looking for him, having heard and found, Jesus said, do you believe in the son of man? Now, a few important things to know here that help us understand what Jesus is really asking here. First, because of Daniel chapter 7, this man who had been born blind, who was Jewish, this man and all the Jews would have known that because of Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14, that one like a son of man was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting, a forever, an eternal dominion, an eternal reign, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. So this man, this man who had been born blind, he knew at least in some basic sense what Jesus was really implying here. Second thing to know here is that in the Gospel of John, John uses this phrase, son of man, to refer to Jesus as the light that reveals God to man, as the revelation of God the Father that, is, that enables his people to see clearly. So the son of man in Daniel 7 inherits an eternal kingdom. And in the gospel of John, this son of man is the light that reveals God to man. Third thing to know is this. Don't forget, Jesus had healed this man when he couldn't see by putting mud on his eyes and telling him to go wash in the local pool. And then he could see. Jesus was gone by then. So this man had never actually seen Jesus. So with this question here, Jesus is inviting this man who now sees to put his trust in the one who is the light that does way more than just perform a miracle, but who reveals God himself. What a cool moment this is. Jesus approaches him face to face and straight up asks this man who he had healed without him knowing who he was, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe that God will send his Son to establish the kingdom and bring peace to Israel? Verse 36. So he answered, the man answered, And who is he, sir, 
that I may believe in him. Again, he didn't even know who was standing right in front of him at the moment. So he says, yeah, for sure. Show me who he is so I can believe in him. Where is he? Show me, please. Jesus said to him, verse 37, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you. Boom. Think of that moment. This man who had been born not seeing, who was taught from birth about this this vision of a son of man in Daniel 7. This man who had likely imagined in his head what this son of man might be is told by Jesus who had healed him. You have seen him. You're looking at him. He's speaking to you now. This man born blind who'd hardly seen much of anything till that very day was now seeing of all things, the Messiah himself. Think of how overjoyed he must have been to witness with new eyes the coming of the kingdom of God that was promised in Daniel 7 that he'd imagined in his head but couldn't possibly fathom what it might have looked like if he had been seeing. So he responded, verse 38, like anyone in that circumstance should. He said, Lord, which is a name for Jesus that many Bible authors use to designate true faith in the one who says it. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Now we're not told what this looked like here, but the word for worshiped means he most likely got down on his knees as an act of worship. So, man born blind, healed by Jesus, found by Jesus, sees Jesus, believes in Jesus, and worships Jesus. Now listen carefully to what Jesus says next. Verse 39. Jesus says, For judgment, I came into this world. Elsewhere, he had said, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. No matter how you want to cut it or explain it, when the light of God's glory, when the holy light of God's glory is revealed in the world in the person of Jesus, he divides darkness from light. This was a theme in John. Saving some will inevitably result in condemning others. Only pagan non-Christian doctrines that don't take Jesus at his own words try to make him into a savior for all people regardless of the object of their faith. Jesus himself says here in John 9, 29, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind that the blind may see and the seeing may be blind. That those who know they cannot see may see and that those who think they see will no longer see. Now, verse 40. Some of the Pharisees near him, near Jesus, heard these things and they said to him, are we also blind? Are we condemned like you say here, Jesus? 
as those who see, who when you come become blind? Now, what's not obvious in the English text is that they are self-righteously asking this in a form that expects a no answer. They assume that Jesus would ratify their efforts and praise them for their holiness. Remember, their mindset was that personal holiness meant readiness for the coming of the Messiah and God's eternal kingdom of peace. But ironically, in this kingdom where Jesus is king, it's only those who know they are not holy and who need a savior. It's only those who know they're not holy and who need a savior who are the ones who are ready for his coming. Just listen to Jesus' response in verse 41. Jesus said to them, If you were blind, if you were blind and lost and cried out for help, you would have no guilt. You would not be guilty of your sin. But now that you say, We see, meaning now that you're satisfied because you think your own pious behavior qualifies you, your guilt remains. You're still guilty of your sin. The Pharisees embodied the judgment about which Jesus had just been speaking. Their blindness came from convincing themselves into believing they were holy enough to warrant God's kingdom being here on earth that they were holy enough to usher in God's kingdom with or without a Messiah, with or without God's help. While they were waiting for the Messiah, the, the Pharisees believed the lie that their personal holiness had to be in place for the kingdom to arrive. That their personal holiness was how it was maintained and moved forward. That Messiah or not, God or not, This is how it worked. You see, they'd created a system that made it impossible to see Jesus standing right in front of them. Friends, the only reason any one of us sees is because Jesus opens our eyes through his spirit and reveals himself to us. It's the miracle of his spirit to soften our hearts to hear the good news that helps us to see. The lie we believe is the same as the Pharisees, that we can manipulate God with our behavior, that we can be holy enough and that we can conjure God by our attempts at holiness. Friends, short of becoming blind so you can see, there is no standard of goodness you can achieve that will earn your way out of condemnation. Short of becoming blind, so that you can see Jesus, you have no hope. So friends, I want to close by just taking a minute to think about this takeaway question. What lies are you believing that are blinding you to the Son of Man standing in front of you? He is holy when you are not. When, when he is enough for you. You're free to not have to hold your sins up to God or to other people and their thoughts or their perceptions. But it's the cross 
who can help you see. Let's pray. Father in heaven, forgive us for the many ways in which we manipulate the world around us. That we hold up our good works as if they work. That we, in front of others, control and manipulate circumstances and relationships. Believing the lie that uh, that your action depends on our holiness. We pray this prayer, Lord, because we accept the truth that you tell us in your scriptures that we're not for the perfect sinless life of your son Jesus lived for us that stands to be the sacrifice that works to make up for our sins. Father, we are without hope. It's because, you, because you've initiated for us a relationship we can't have unless your son Jesus is perfection for us, justifying us before you. Without that, Lord, we're hopeless. So make us mindful through your spirit, opening our hearts and our eyes to see. Make us mindful of the many ways that we're believing lies that, that keep us from seeing who you are for us, what we have in the perfect life of Jesus. That he is righteousness, that he is everything we need that we can't achieve for ourselves, that we are fully dependent upon you for salvation, Lord. Make us mindful of that this week so that through our humility to your work in our lives, we can see you moving, see you working, and join you in those places and in ways that your spirit is already using. Father, open our eyes to see those places where we are unaware and not seeing you work. Humble us to your vision for our lives, we pray in the name of Jesus.